rises, we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Our strength arises, we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Our strength arises, we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Our strength arises, we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Our God, you reign forever. Our hope, our strong.
Yours is 
before the man of God and sin you're worthy of it all you are worthy of it all for from you are all things and to you are all things you the glory is only
sense in the spirit there's a shift that is taking place that God is wanting to move us to a different place and a different level and it may be that you are facing so many challenges that that you feel how's that possible that we can shift to a place and a place of the more than God has for us of the what we can't even imagine or think is possible but I wonder today if you can put your faith with me and let's together trust the Lord for more for breakthroughs for his provision uh, whatever challenge you, be, you may be facing, this is the time where God can do more than we could even imagine is possible. So let's pray together. And I want to pray for you if, that, that you will see the hand of God in your life at this time and be able to recognize that He is your Savior, He is your provider, and He is your deliverer. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you today in Jesus' name. I come before you with boldness, Lord. And we thank you that you are a good, good God. And that you have told us that when we in need, we call upon your name and we can come before you and bring every need to you. And that you said in your word, Lord, that every prayer you hear and you answer. And so we come as your children and we ask for your deliverance. We ask for your salvation. We ask for your provision. We ask, Lord, that you would come and bring a breakthrough where we need it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray for every person watching this broadcast joining us every family every household I speak Lord your favor uh, arising of the faith in us Lord to to step out and to trust you to engage our faith and trust you for more Lord. and I thank you for that thank you Jesus that you are our provider that you are our deliverer and that we can ask you in every situation and trust you in Jesus name Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. We want to get ready to give our tithes and our offerings. And uh, as we have every Sunday, you'll see on the screen will come the information for the South Church or the East, East Church, depending on which one you're watching through or belong to. Please give to, to that church according to how God has been faithful to you and provided for you. And as it's been our privilege to continually say thank you for being so faithful and for stepping out in faith with us. And uh, even in the places where you are giving and helping others that nobody else is aware of, we just want to say, may the Lord bless you in your giving in this time. So get ready, make use of the SnapScan or the bank accounts, and uh, won't you give uh, what the Lord has laid on your heart to give, and give with a joyful heart this morning. We're busy with our series on prayer, and we've entitled it Pray Life depends on it. And today we specifically want to take a look at the, the, the part of prayer that is about intimacy and how prayer is vital and important in our relationship with God and particularly in us growing in a relationship of intimacy with the Lord. So we want to talk a bit about intimacy and what that looks like. And perhaps the easiest way for us to, to consider intimacy is to begin by looking at it from, the, from a relationship perspective and particularly in how we as humans relate with one another and how we can share intimacy with, we, with each other. And again, I have Natasha joining me. And uh, as a married couple, it's, it's something that obviously we experience together is intimacy in our marriage. And, uh, but it can also be that you experience that in other relationships. And uh, so I want to ask you the question, and, and we want to talk a little bit about what is intimacy? What does intimacy look like? And uh, like I said, start from a marriage perspective and then apply it into even our relationship with God. And I want to say that when you want to talk about intimacy in a relationship between two people, um, there's two things that I want to highlight that, that is part of what intimacy is about. And the first thing is, I think for us, definitely, it's the privilege of shared experiences. 
Intimacy is when two people get to share things that, that they don't share with other people, but they have the privilege of sharing it with one another. And there's a, there's a life story that develops. And I mean, mm. we've been married now going 28 years this year in September. It'll be 28, 28 years. Yes. Yeah. Don't ask her. I know. <laughs> uh, 28 years. And uh, it's so many of those years we've had shared experiences. Yeah. And, and it's what's built our intimacy, our story that uh, we can be with one another and talk about um, just things that we've experienced. Even with our children, obviously, there's an intimacy in our family yes. because of our shared experiences. I, I remember in 99, I had the privilege of being in New York City on a ministry trip and got to go and visit the, uh, the Twin Towers, the, the, the World Trade Center. But Natasha wasn't with me. I remember standing at the top of those buildings, looking out over the city, and there was such a sense of, it's almost like I felt like I didn't really experience this because she didn't experience it with me. And then obviously now the Twin Towers aren't anymore, so I can never share that experience with her. But shared experience is a powerful part yes. of, our, of intimacy. Yes, yes, it's, it's an incredible uh, thing that we go, you go through in relationships, you know, is those, uh, those experiences that you have with that person that you have with nobody else. Um, but that is, that's part of intimacy. That's not the main yeah. Uh, part of intimacy or the center of intimacy. Yeah. The, what makes intimacy possible in a relationship is shared commitment, mm. is mutual commitment to one another. Mm. Um, in a marriage, for instance, that's why in a marriage there's vows that we proclaim to one another. It's a covenant and we, you make. We with make one a another. covenant promise mm. to one another, and it's it's that covenant promise that creates the space, the the boundaries, the safety for two people to share mutual commitment with yeah. one another that allows for intimacy mm. to develop um, and, and gives them the, the sort of the, the framework that yeah. intimacy can happen within. Without that shared commitment, intimacy doesn't really become possible. So there has to be a, an agreement, a mutual yeah. understanding between each yeah, other. Yeah, it's a commitment you have with a with a person that you have with nobody else. Yeah. Um, in this whole wide world, you don't have that kind of commitment, especially in a marriage. You don't have that kind of commitment with anybody else. So that's um, the, the you know the center of intimacy. Yeah, it's that deep personal relationship, a confidential relationship. Yeah. That is allowed because you love one another and you have made that agreement and that commitment towards each yes. other. There's, there's certain things that I know and can expect between the two of us that we will not share that with anybody mm -hmm. else. It's, it belongs to the two of us. Yeah. Um, in our relationships, there's many aspects of that, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. And, and that's what makes an intimate relationship possible. And, and it, it's not just only in a marriage, it's also in other places where there's yeah. an agreement that allows for people to share something that that it's their commitment towards yeah. one another. Yeah, and also in our relationship with the Lord. You know, um, uh, we in Christianity, the one thing that makes Christianity different from any other religion is the fact that we serve a God who wants to have a personal, intimate relationship with us. You know, so, so what does that look like? Yeah. And because he wants that intimate relationship with us, he made a covenant with us, mm. a covenant that where he promised, I will be your God, you will be my people and I will never leave you. Yes. And it's it's that it's that covenant that creates the space, the, the framework so that we can in that space develop mm. an intimate relationship yes. with him. So yeah. like in a marriage, it's the same with us and God. Yeah. A marriage yeah. is a covenant and a, our relationship with God is a covenant relationship. Yeah, it's that deep. It is, you know, um, when Jesus, when we talk about Jesus as Emmanuel, God with us, yeah. you know, that for me is always such an amazing uh, part to think about, you know, in our intimate relationship with God. Yeah. And so if we want to think about this intimacy, it's great that there's many examples for us in the scripture. Mm. Probably one of the greatest examples in scripture of somebody that had an intimate relationship with God, it's David. Yes. And, and it's fantastic because of the Psalms he wrote, we can see so much of his intimacy with the Lord and how he expressed that intimacy and experienced that intimacy with the Lord. And of his Psalms, probably the most well-known Psalm is Psalm 23. Mm. And uh, I want to read Psalm 23, and I'd like you to read it with me. But from the angle of think about the language of intimacy in this psalm, how David is talking with God as a friend, as an intimate relationship, as somebody that he's sharing something with that he doesn't share with anybody else, um, and read it together from that, that point of view. So 
Uh, it's going to come on your screen also, so you're welcome to follow with us. I'm reading from the NIV, uh, this well-known psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Isn't it beautiful, the, the yeah. intimate language that he uses there? Yeah, I mean, I love David's life. He lived an out loud life before the Lord. It's as if his heart was constantly exposed before God, you know. So, so in, in Psalm 23, when, when it says, the Lord is my shepherd, that intimacy of, um, this is a personal relationship. This is not the Lord is a shepherd, the yeah. Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. And, and when, when David talks around, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters or quiet waters. Uh, he's talking about a peace that he has because he has this intimate relationship with God. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I have that peace. And in our, from that foundation, it, it talks about he restores my soul. I, I like the word restore there. He restores my soul. You know, whenever he's gone through all the wars and the battles, if you think just of the story of Goliath, of all all the different battles that, that David had to fight, fighting the Amalekites, fighting all kinds of battles, that he would never turn away from God. Even when, when, when the Amalekites came and they stole his, you know, his children and his wives and they attacked him, he never turned away from God. He would always go and find his strength in the Lord, proclaiming this, Lord, come and restore my soul. And then he says, and he guides, me along the, uh, the right path or paths of righteousness. That means that David had this peace in his life that, uh, and that was the foundation of what he was, what of the covenant that he has with God, that he trusts in God, that God knows where he wants to go with David's life, that he will guide him into the right path, into the goodness that he has uh, in store for David. He will guide him in that for his namesake. That is, those words, for his namesake, means that for David, uh, God was the center of his life. So everything that happens in his life will be to the glory of God. So that is why he trusts God to lead him on the, on, a, on the straight path, on the path of righteousness, because it will bring glory to God's name, because God is the center of his life. And then when we carry on in verse 4, when it says, For you are with me. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, you mm. are with me. That is intimate language. David never in his mind, like we've said before, never ever thought that he is alone. He always knew that God was mm. with me, was with him. And then when we go down to verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days mm. of my life. Um, both goodness and mercy or goodness and love, like some translations would say, um, that, that language is covenant language. Mm. That was covenant intimate language. Yeah, he could trust in God's goodness and mercy to be with him mm. no matter what the situation. Yeah. One of my personal favorite Psalms of David is Psalm 51. It's one of the Psalms he wrote after sinning and, and, and with Bathsheba and that low point in his life, that horrible mm. failure that he had with Bathsheba. Mm. And um, even in that space, in that time, where he we fell so far away from God's will yeah. and purpose for him, we see in him the desire for intimacy with God, actually causing him to come back to God, to, to draw back to God, to say, Lord, I, I don't want to lose my relationship with you. And, and Psalm 51 verse uh, 10 to 12, we read the following, where David says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me 
from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. You see the, yeah. the chief thing in his life, the, the thing that is the most valuable to him, that he fears to lose, is his intimacy with God. He says, don't, don't turn your back on me, Lord. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me, a spirit that keeps on pursuing you. And, and isn't it amazing how yeah. often in life, Troubles can come and can cause us to want to draw away from God. Mm. Whether it's trouble that comes outside of us to us or trouble that we yeah. create in our own self because of our sin and our failure can cause us to draw away from God. But here we see David say, nothing will keep me from the presence Even of God. Even his own sin. Even my own sin. Can I want to overcome that to pursue my intimate relationship with the Lord and to stay in the, in the place of the Lord's goodness and his love yeah. for me. And, um, and I, I think that's so real of all of yeah, our lives. I think, um, you know, that's why we talk about, especially when we talk about prayer, because when I close my eyes, you know, if life happens and you go through trials and tribulations and you go through tough times and you go through challenging times yeah. and, and even times of suffering or trauma in your life, you know, it's, as a Christian, as a mature Christian even, you, you know, when I close my eyes at the end of the day, it confronts the intimacy yeah. in my life. Uh, for me, God is good. He's good all the time. And, and, and I believe I'm convinced in my heart. I'm convinced in my mind that he is the only true God. There is none like him. But when I go through life's challenges and I close my eyes and I want to pray, at the back of my mind, you have those questions of, but how do I reconcile uh, intimacy? How do I have that intimacy with God and, you yeah. know, and, and go through life uh, and all the challenges that we yeah. face? And does God really love me? And does God really love me? It, it confronts the foundational truths yeah. in my life. And again, I, I want to liken that to a marriage and certainly definitely yeah. our experience. How in a marriage, there's things that happen. That challenges. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's things that happen to us from the outside. And sometimes it's things that happen because of our own failings and our own mm -hmm. sin that challenges yeah. our intimacy in our marriage. And there's often events that has happened over the years for us. Or perhaps not often, but every now and then there's events that I've happen. I've never had issues. <laughs> <laughs> there's events that happen. That, that challenges our intimacy with one another yeah. and where you want to draw away and pull away from each other, where you, you feel like this is not going to work out and then you want to draw away. But the amazing thing is that when you are able to stand together and face the challenge, and not I always talk about not allowing the challenge to come between us, yeah. but we together facing the challenge. It takes a while. It takes a while. I just to have get, to get yeah, over my yeah, emotions. We didn't first. start there, but you know, it took us years to get to that place where we could actually face a challenge together. Then what happens is th this very thing that looked like at first it was going to challenge our intimacy becomes another thing that builds our intimacy. Mm. Becomes a shared moment. Because it becomes a, a mountain shared, that we climbed and we, yeah, you know, something overcame. we conquered together. Yeah. Sometimes something, and we also learn about each other so much, yeah. and we get to understand each other so much better because of our um, of of what gets exposed yeah. in our lives in a time of suffering. And I think, honestly, that's where a covenant has always helped because the fact that we have a covenant commitment yeah. towards one another, we don't go to the place of we're going to give up on each other. No, we, yeah. we say we've got to it's make this work. never been an option. And <laughs> Murder. <laughs> yeah, well. but we, and, and I think it's the, it's the reality also that for us, our marriage is not just about us. There's a big part of understanding that our marriage is given to us to glorify God yeah. and to serve him through our marriage. There's a bigger picture. So there's a bigger picture. There's, our marriage serves a bigger purpose. It doesn't just serve us. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it, it brings a mutual commitment in us that and not only are we committed to one another, mm. we're committed to God. We want to see yeah. God's will done. And, and so even when we disagree with each other, we still go to God and he always helps us to, mm. to sort of get to see each other yeah. eye to eye and, you yeah, know. I can get very angry, but then I always go to God and I say, okay, Lord, defend Louis' case in me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a brave prayer to pray. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've often gone to the Lord and say, will you speak to her? But then he doesn't speak to her, he speaks to me. Yeah. And he confronts the stuff in my life because that's what challenges yeah. and struggles in life so often does. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think it's the it's the fact that we also understand because of the bigger picture that there's a responsibility on us not just to live this marriage for for our own satisfaction, but that it is an example in building the kingdom of God. It is an example of how Christ loves the church, you know, um, and and being the head of the church, you know. And, and, and I think that for me, that bigger picture has always been the main drive that has helped me and forced me to sort out issues in relationships. Yeah, and it causes us, I think, to not want to settle just for being happy and being content, yeah. but to always want to go for the more. And sometimes what what really draw, gets our attention is when we go through a difficult time. Yes. Uh, C.S. Lewis said it so well. He said in, the, in his book, The Problem of Pain, he said, we can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists on being attended to. Yeah. God whispers to us in our pleasure, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Yeah. And, and it's been amazing for me over years of recognizing when in our, in, in our relationship of intimacy, when we hit some speed bump and there's pain that comes in, so often because of, uh, you know, not Natasha, she's mm. perfect, but so often because of my failings and my selfishness and my self-centeredness that, that I'd easily settle just to be happy and just to, just everything must be fine. But when we hit a problem like time like that, it's like God shouts and, and when we attend to that, mm how it moves us to the next level and it gets us to go further than we could have even thought is possible for us. Yeah, it's like David said, you know, only goodness and mercy will follow me. So in that intimate relationship that we have with each other and with God, we got to understand that my my intent towards Louis is t- is to let him to bring out the good in our relationship and it's the same with God. He he wants to he only has goodness yeah. For me, you know, and and I love uh, Romans 8 verse 28. It says, and we know that all things God works for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. But the problem is we we think that if I'm going through a, a, a difficult or a challenging time and I just quote the scripture that the next day everything's going to be fine. And it often isn't. It mm. often isn't fine, you know, because... Our understanding of good and God's understanding of good is two different things. You know, Mike's understanding of good is, I want to bring God down to, to my understanding of good. But God constantly wants to bring me up to his understanding to good, uh, of what good is, seated with Christ yeah. in heavenly places, you know. Yeah, for God, good is that I become a, a good follower of Jesus, that yeah. I become a disciple of Christ that is transformed into the image of Christ. That's his priority. That's the good in my life. And he is supremely committed to that good and will work in every situation. He's not the author of every situation, but he definitely uses every situation to, to work in my life so that I can experience the good of being transformed into the image of Christ. What Natasha is saying, so often for us, good is about, you know, are my needs met? Am I going to be okay? Am I provided for? Am I secure? And it's not that that's not important to God. God loves providing for us. God wants to give us. He wants to spoil us. He he loves giving us good things for our enjoyment. God loves pouring out on his children, but he wants to be the author of that good. Mm. That good is something more than just good things that we enjoy. It's a good that comes out of our intimate relationship with him. Yeah. I'm so thankful for so many things that, I mean, we often look at each other and talk about how our life has been so much, we are so much more blessed than we ever thought we would be yes. in life. And we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But the greatest thing about everything that God has given us or every experience is that he's given it to us. Yeah. It's part of our intimate relationship yeah. with him. The joy is in the relationship more than what it is in what he has provided for us. I think that that's how I, I yeah, think about it often. I love the way that, um, um, and I want to read a few sections of, of Larry Crabb's um, understanding of it in his books on, on suffering. He's a psychologist, a Christian psychologist, fantastic Christian psychologist. And he says, what I see as my worst problem is not what God sees 
as my worst problem. What I see is my struggle and pains in life. What God sees as the worst problem in my life is my self-centered spirit of entitlement, that everything is supposed to revolve around me. <laughs> if I think this way, my theology is twisted in a way that God's glory is second to my pleasure and fulfillment. When I realize that I live for God's glory, that that then becomes my fulfillment. And that's what we saw in David's life. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the higher thing that God calls us to. To say, I want you to come into this amazing intimate relationship with me. In that relationship, I provide for you. In that relationship, I'm your father. I love you. Uh, but I have to be the center. But it's, it's I am the center. It's that what we spoke about when we started. It's that shared commitment mm. that makes this space mm. um, where God says, I will be your God and, and you will be my people and I will never leave you. That's mm. his side of the covenant commitment. Our side is, Lord, I will be your your, your servant. I will love you. I will give everything for you. Nothing will be more important to you, uh, to me than you. Yeah. You are the, you know, the God that I worship above everything, everyone or anything else. I will have no shared experiences with anybody else. Or anything else. Or you know, anything sometimes else. we make idols of things, you know, and God says, I'm a jealous God. Yeah. I want to be that number one in your life, you know. But we often want, want to be comfortable, you know, and it's yeah. hard. And you always just say that incredible quote that yeah, you always I learned as, a, as in, in, in my years of study, uh, when I was going through a particularly difficult time, I just felt the Lord said to me that I must always remember that He will never. He will never sacrifice my character for the sake of my comfort, mm. but he will very easily sacrifice my comfort for the sake of yeah. my character. That's for not being, nice words. It's not nice, and, and I, I don't know if I always enjoy that, but understanding his priority mm. is for my good. My good mm. is in being a follower of mm. Jesus, being transformed into the image of Christ. And that's where prayer yeah. is so important. Yeah. Prayer is this place of intimacy. You cannot have an intimate relationship with God if you don't pray. Yeah. Prayer is where we come to the Lord with our, the totality of our being, with our total experience, with everything that goes on in our lives. And we come and sometimes prayer is, is beating God's chest because you don't understand and, and, and you're frustrated and you, and, and you can't see how things are supposed to to be and you feel, does God love me? But you come with the totality of your being to God and you pray through the things yeah. that, yeah, that you're you going live, through. You live that exposed heart before God yeah. like David did. And again, I want to just quote some, some pieces out of Larry Crabb's uh, book on, on uh, suffering. Most of us, this, this was so striking for me when I read this. Most of us, uh, uh, most of us make it by living in denial. I don't want to explore what is really happening in my soul. I don't want to feel all the pain that I'm feeling. So I'm going to anesthetize myself in some form and just pretend that God is enough. But I only can do this by anesthetizing my soul. <laughs> if we are going to meet the God who loves us. He meets us where we are, not where we pretend to be or where we want to be. He further, he says, don't pretend that you are going to, uh, that you are doing better than you are because when you acknowledge the struggles you are going through in life, the struggles of faith, and you still turn to God in your deepest anxiety, your deepest fears, your, um, your deepest pains, that is when you start to meet God in a way that sustains you in the middle of all your struggles. Because God does not, doesn't just want you to live the blessed life, but he wants you to live the transformed hmm. life. Yeah. And, and I mean, isn't that amazing? That's what happens with us in prayer. Sometimes we get confronted with things and it's mm. painful. Mm. 
We, like when David was confronted with his own sin with Bathsheba, there's so many layers mm. of ugliness in that. The murder that he, it's, oh, it's, it's yeah. painful to confront that. Or when you confront injustice that somebody else did towards you, it's, it's painful to confront that. There's a tendency in us to want to just push it aside, yeah. to just want to sort of just cover it over, almost like Adam and Eve did, you know, yeah. just find a fig leaf and cover over, yeah. just pretend that it's okay, just pretend. And as Christians, we've, we've got so many little, little things that we say and little Christianese little sayings yeah. that, we, that we use as plasters to just to pretend that everything mm -hmm. is okay. And, and I know there's times where, where, where that's a faith step to say it's okay, but it's not. But as long as in prayer, when I come to God, there's an honesty in my prayer. Mm. So that God can come and speak into the places where it's not okay. Yeah. Where that really needs transformation. God is not in propping us up and, and, and covering us with a veneer mm. of of shiny gloss that makes us look good. His name is not glorified because we pretend to look mm. fantastic. His name's glorified because we transform. I think that's what Larry Clapp says. Yeah. God is not just committed to us living the blessed life. He's committed to us living a transformed life. Yeah. To really deep within ourselves change us. And that's his, his journey with humanity. That's what God wants to do. He doesn't want this earth just to appear to be fine. Mm. He wants to get in there and work in our brokenness, our sin, our hatred, our, our struggles that we see across the world right now, that we can allow God to get in there and to truly transform us, not superficially, truly transform us. And that's yeah. what the cross makes possible. Yeah. But we, uh, we appropriate that through prayer mm. in our lives. Yeah, and that's what intimacy with God means. You know, I, I think it's because we sometimes understand um, because you're a Christian for a long time and, and you just kind of want to name it, claim it, frame it, you know, and, and you completely ignore your humanity and you think, I'm just going to get over yeah. a, tra a trauma or a difficult time or time is going to heal this situation. But the problem is time does not heal. Time makes things fester. Yeah. The healing is actually quite uh, an active process of, ex of an exposed heart before God. And in the middle of that traumatic or that struggling or that challenge, you meet God there. Yeah. In the middle of it, you take his hand and he leads you through yeah. and not, you know, but we, we somehow think I must get, I must, I'm going to get over this. So I'm going to put God on arm's length and I, I, I don't, I'm just going to believe in him, but I'm not going to have that intimacy, that wall is between us because I'm not going to confront this difficult yeah. question I want to ask of him. So I'm just going to, you know, carry on and live a life in denial. But actually he's saying, Expose your heart before me. Be like David. Be open and honest. And we see it all over his Psalms and he, the prayers that he prayed, that exposed heart and even the things that he didn't understand, but never running away from God, but always allowing God to meet him in the middle of that traumatic experience or that challenge that he's facing, taking his hand and leading him through yeah. that time in his yeah, life. Yeah, and again, to just bring it to a, a marriage situation. Mm. You know, if ever we get to a point where there's something we do not talk about with each other, we mm. can't talk. That becomes the point where our yeah. intimacy breaks down. Yes. Because at that point, if there's something we cannot share anymore, mm. it's, then our intimacy gets stuck yeah. there. And also then we can't get the breakthrough in that area. Yeah. We can't. Now, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we've got an issue that we've got to work out. And, and, and takes a few times it takes a few the times around the mountain. You've got to talk about it. You've got to give each other mm -hmm. space. But you always keep the conversation mm -hmm. going so that healing mm -hmm. can happen. And so that transformation can happen. Um, and that that's isn't wrestling. It, and, and that's been the amazing thing in, in that we've certainly experienced. And I know many others have experienced that as we have wrestled together with mm -hmm. even our own sin and failings, we have we, we love each other more mm -hmm. because. I know there's things about me that, that only Natasha knows, mm. but she covers me. She protects me in that by her love and, and not just ignoring that, but keeping on helping me, supporting me to grow in that area and be transformed mm. in that area. And that's what intimacy does. Mm. And, and that's what it's like to be intimate with God. 
It's that place of there's nothing that is hidden from God. There's nothing that we do not talk about. There's nothing that I try and fix on my mm. own and then will come back to God once I've dealt with it. There's nothing that I, that, that I don't share with him. And, and, and that's what prayer does for us. And, and we want to call you to a place today and ask you to step into those two elements of intimacy, a shared experience with yeah. God, share everything in your life with God on the basis of a shared commitment that God loves you. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. And therefore, if, if you come and say, Lord, nothing is going to keep me from you, then you will push through whatever challenges there are. Yeah, keep the wrestle. Don't keep stop wrestle. wrestling. And, and don't be shy to ask God, um, you know, the difficult questions. I love to ask God difficult questions and things that I don't understand. I keep on wrestling. And that's what we saw, the, 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 you know, out of Moses and Abram's life, that growing in that mm. intimacy with God, that wrestle, that reasoning, that that how they were busy in their relationship with God, pursuing the difficult things, not just accepting it, but pursuing God, wrestling with it until he gives you that peace. Until sometimes he says to you, my grace is sufficient mm. for you, but he'll give you that peace that David talks about in Psalm 23, you know. So so I think that is just for yeah. us. Just keep on keeping on. Yeah. You know? Keep swimming. Yeah. <laughs> just and keep a, swimming. And as we wrap this up, I want to say that sometimes we find it difficult to pursue God. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. We get distracted. We get uh, caught into difficulties. There's so many things that can yeah. stop us. But I want to encourage you in this. More than what you'll ever be able to pursue God, God is pursuing you. Yes. All he asks of you is to turn to him. And to, like we're saying, just keep on saying, Lord, if I've fallen yesterday, today I get up and I pursue you yes. again. If yesterday I rebelled against you and I failed you, today I get up again. The, the person that makes it at the end of the day is the person that just got up one more time than what they fell. And it, it, it's certainly been the story of our yeah. lives as we've kept on getting up, mm. not allowing anything external or internal to keep us from pursuing God. Um, it's what's built a momentum in our lives. And, and we still got a far way to go and a lot to learn. But there's a momentum that mm. God is building in our lives that we're getting to know yes. him more and more and being more and more transformed into the image of into Christ. So image. don't give up. Yes. Yes. Don't um, give up. That's, that for me is amazing. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 1, Paul says, Now that you know all of this and talking about reflecting yeah. God, we don't give up. Yeah. He know, God knows that we are frail pots. Yeah. So don't give up. And we want to end this time. And I want to pray with you and trust for a strengthening in your heart. That if you're struggling, that there would be a strengthening in you. Just enough strengthening from the spirit that you can get up again and keep moving forward. If you are in a place where you are moving and there's a momentum, may that momentum be strengthened. Like I said earlier, there's a, we're moving into a new level i believe as the church of the lord jesus he's calling us to a higher place so mm -hmm. let's pray together and let's trust the lord and won't you join us as we pray father i want to thank you today oh man what an amazing thing you want us to know you mm -hmm. and you want to know us you want us not just to have a relationship but to have an intimate relationship with yes, you yes to share everything with you as you want to share everything with us. That's what you've made possible. The veil was torn when Jesus mm -hmm. was crucified so that there would be nothing between mm -hmm. us and you. And I pray that for each person, that, that in every one of our lives, no matter what the challenges are we face, no matter what wants to push us away from you or come between us and you, that we will not allow that, that we would keep on pursuing you, that we would keep on saying, Lord, I want to share my life, everything, the good, the bad, mm -hmm. and the ugly. I want to share it with you so that you can transform me. And that is my commitment to you, Lord, because that's the commitment you've made to me. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I pray for every person. Jesus. If there are people particularly that are struggling at this point in time, I pray for them. Yes, I pray that today by your spirit, you would breathe strength into them, that they would be able to, to just get up and say, Lord, I keep on pursuing you. Mm -hmm. 
that, that the fire, that the little flame that is in their heart will not be quenched, but fan it into flame, I pray, Lord, in mm. Jesus' name. And for every one of us, there will be a growing momentum of coming closer to you, getting to know you more. And we thank you, Lord, that that is your desire even more than it is our desire. And you do everything on, in your power to make that possible for us. And we thank you for that in Jesus', Jesus name. name. Amen. Amen. Please, right now, as we end the service, there's going to be some announcements. After the service, stay online for that. But if you need prayer, if you want somebody to pray with you, just want to connect with somebody, follow the prompts on the screen right now. That'll tell you where you can go. There's an a, a, there's a address that you can send an email to, or there's a place where you can connect with people. And they're ready. They want to pray with you. They're very eager to spend some time with you. So may the Lord bless you. May yeah. He continue to be with you. And may you grow in intimacy and your prayer life uh, through this week. And there's also the discussion points that will yeah. come up just now if you want to just make use of that and uh, just go in the grace and the favor of the Lord. Love you lots. Blessings. Bye. Bye. Good morning, family. Thank you so much for joining our service this morning. We really trust that your faith to pray boldly has increased. We want to remind you that our Hope Center has some amazing online courses as well as support groups to help empower you. And these include Becoming One, Divorce Care, Grief Share, Smart Steps, and Blended Families. They also have some special lunchtime webinars at absolutely no cost to you, where you can be encouraged through this lockdown season. So please go and have a look at their Facebook page to get up to date on these courses and also to register even though this year hasn't gone as planned. It's not over yet, and you can still join our Year of Your Life mid-year program. If you are between the ages of 18 and 25, here is an awesome opportunity for a holistic change in your life within a church community. What an awesome decision to make. At this point, we know that COVID-19 is a reality, so we've taken all the precautions for your safety because your safety is our concern. This program runs from the 13th of July, 2020 through to the 18th of June, 2021. Please go and have a look at our webpage for any information or email us if you'd like to register. We know that this is an awesome decision for you and it will really be the best year of your life. Speaking of living your best life, do you find yourself with extra time on your hands during lockdown? Why don't you take up music lessons with our Hatfield Arts Centre? We offer weekly 30-minute online sessions in both contemporary and classical instruments. Our third term starts now on the 13th of July, 2020. So email us to register or for more information. Well, that's it from me, family. May you stand strong in your faith this week and continue to pray. Your life depends on it. Amen.